Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, there are times in my life, and I bet in yours too, when we have made some really off-the-wall decisions. And we, at the time, thought that it was the perfect choice. Yeah, I have some things hanging in my closet with the tags still on them because they seemed like a great idea in the store. (laughs) But when I got home, I realized that I don't really wear 70s mod jumpsuits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think you would look cute in anything because that's the Mama Lou in me. But, you know, I ran across a devotion that you wrote years ago and I just thought it's the perfect way to kick off today's topic because I know there are other girls that are sitting here with us that maybe did not make the right choice or the smart choice about something and they're struggling now with, now what do I do? So I want to read it and and you titled it Abigail's Choice. On paper, Abigail's husband, Nabal, seemed like a catch. He was wealthy, a good provider, and he liked to throw parties. But behind the scenes, his self-control and integrity were seriously lacking, which hurt those around him. Nabal's self-centered arrogance led him to insult David, and it ultimately resulted in Nabal's death. Imagine being married to such a foolish, arrogant, sharp-tongued man as this. How would you react? What would living with him do to your personality or your character? Would you grow bitter, angry, and equally argumentative? Or would you just let yourself go and decide not to care about anything? Let's look at how Nabal's wife, Abigail, handled this situation. Abigail was smart and sensible. People looked to her for wisdom and leadership in times of trouble She was generous. She spoke eloquently and tactfully with a knowledge of God and gave one of the longest speeches by a woman recorded in the Bible. She looked out for the well-being and reputation of others. Most important, she trusted God. Abigail has always been one of my favorite women in the Bible. She possessed both inner and outer beauty. But her life with Nabal was hard. And that's really why I admire her. In spite of her husband's wrong choices, she she chose not to let her spirit die. Abigail's praiseworthy character ran deep, which tells me her reverence of God did as well. And God rewarded her. After Nabal's death, Abigail married David, and they had a son. Abigail challenges me to choose differently, to be humble, wise, courageous. Her example teaches me that I can choose how my circumstance shape my character. Abigail shows that humility and wisdom allow God to shape our character and ultimately our circumstances. And it makes room for God to be glorified in both. 
Now, Rachel, I don't normally read to you or the girls around this table, but I believe that when God lays something on our heart to write about, like he did for you in this devotion, it's worth sharing because I know we all make crazy decisions that we look back on and say, oh, now what do I do with this? Mm, Yes, and I remember being a a young girl um, asking my mom for a Bible and so she bought me one. It was this. Uh, it was the New Living Translation. I remember that, and it had one of those uh, like fake leather covers on it. Um, and I remember sitting. I remember I can picture right where I sat in the floor of my room, in front of the window, and the sunlight coming in. And I was reading through the Old Testament. Now I really had very little knowledge of God, and so to read through either the Old Testament. Or revelation that will really rock your world when you don't, when you're like 12 and you don't know anything about any of this. So I remember, especially when you get to Leviticus. Yes. I mean, Leviticus can make you put away your Bible forever if you don't understand <laughs> the context. But go so ahead. So will Revelation. <laughs> um, but I remember reading it and I remember falling in love with Abigail. Um, and I think that even so much that, uh, you know, I think I wanted to change my name to Abigail. I just loved everything about her because she was so um, wise and strong and level-headed, uh, despite the fact that her husband just seemed to be the biggest jerk on the planet. Um, you know, he would get drunk all the time. He would say demeaning things to her and to others. He would insult Uh, everybody, including, you know, important people, leadership, the king, he insults King David, um, which could put their entire household in jeopardy. You know, if the king decides that, you know, you all should be thrown in jail, then they could all be thrown in jail for that insult. And so I just loved Abigail because even though she found, and I don't know, maybe, maybe Nabal, maybe he was great when he got, when they got married. Maybe he changed. I don't know. But she went, and maybe she was in an arranged marriage. I don't know how she got there, but I know she was living in a situation where she had a, a, a just a, a poor character um, example for a husband. And yet, that she is such a great example of character. And I think what it taught me is, um, in relationships particularly, to not let how the other person behaves dictate or justify how I behave. You know, that's interesting because I remember as a teenager, very young teenager, I might have been 14, 13, something like that. And I remember... A boy that was a preacher's son from our church camp decided that he liked me. And I remember going to their church with my family one time. We were visiting from out of town. And and by the time we went to visit them, there was another girl that he decided he liked and was his girlfriend at the church. And I remember just watching And she was so mean and rude and stomped and yelled. And I was watching from a distance. And I remember in my little mind thinking, oh, is that how girls are supposed to act to make boys want to be their boyfriend? Mm 
I mean, I remember thinking that, like, oh, maybe I did it wrong. Maybe I was too nice. Maybe, maybe that's what he was looking for. Isn't it funny how we do decide to follow something that we've seen in life? And we may not even realize that we're doing it. We don't realize it until later. But we can look back and go, oh, that really did affect the way I looked at relationships and boyfriend and girlfriend. And what I love what what you wrote about Abigail, Rachel, was she looked to God, regardless of what her husband was doing, regardless of uh, his misbehavior and his lack of integrity. She knew down deep inside that the one who would always be the great example in her life is God. And that if she followed his way, that would always lead her on the right path, even when her husband was making horrible choices. Exactly. I think that's where her strength came from. And that is where each of our strength can come from. If we're in a situation like that and we're just thinking, I can't take another day of this, that's where we can find strength. And, you know, I, hopefully none of us are, are ever, um, you know, hitched up with with a Nabal because he just really was um, there's very little to no redeeming qualities that we are shown in the text um, about him I mean he's he's wealthy if you want to you know consider that a redeeming quality it's not character it just happens to be that he has money but that's partly due to the fact that King David um, and and his soldiers and whatnot protected the land that Nabal lived on and that his flocks lived on so he even owed some of that um, you know thanks to David for that but yet he was incredibly rude to David um, he was just mean in his dealings he would sneer at guests who came in peace. He would question their character. He would shout insults. He was stingy. He didn't return favors or repay kindnesses showed to him. Um, He was so temperamental that people dreaded having to talk to him or interact with him. It was like walking on a landmine. You didn't know when he was going to blow up. You just knew it was a matter of time. Um, And he thought more highly of himself than he should. And so we see really no redeeming qualities. And I can certainly concoct (laughs) um, a strong justification in my head for Abigail being um, depressed or bitter or mean or, um, you know, uh, an absent wife, so to speak, because who would want to who would want to deal with that? It's just amazing to me. Instead, she's she's humble and generous and um, cares for others and holds her tongue. Oh, gosh, I would have a hard time holding my tongue with Nabal. Um, but she does it. That strength, you know, she, that has to come from somewhere. And uh, I, I think that in the text we see it comes from God. It does come from God. But I think inside she had made uh, a decision. You know, you called this devotion Abigail's Choice. And yes, she did not choose wisely when she chose her husband because, well, maybe in that day, she didn't really get a choice. In those days, you kind of had your husband chosen for you. But when, when you think of Abigail's Choice, it was all about how she chose to react to every situation that was thrown her way. And she knew 
She knew that her husband was a wicked man. She, she admitted that. But her reaction is what I want to focus on. Because what she did is exactly what we can do when we're faced with those circumstances. Maybe it's not a, a wicked husband, but maybe it's a wicked boss. Maybe it's a wicked person in your family. Maybe it's someone who constantly belittles you and puts you down. Maybe it's someone who's taking advantage of you. Maybe it's someone who always crosses that boundary line that you lay down. I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. I do know that God always gives us choices. And he asks us, are we going to look through his glasses, through his God goggles, as my daughter calls it, through his lens, and see the better way to react? And what I loved about Abigail is she recognized the issue. She recognized the problem. First of all, I think a lot of us kind of hide under the covers and we just want it to go away. We just want to climb into our closet. We want to sink into the floor and say, oh my goodness, there he goes again. Or, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Why does it always happen to me? And then you slip into this spiral of depression. That was not Abigail. Abigail said, okay, I recognize this issue because I've seen it before. And I'm going to do everything within my power to rectify the wrong. And what she does is she overdoes the loving side. You know, for his faults and for his deficiency in understanding what relationships were about, Abigail was that much more in the in the positive side of relationships. She's like, okay, I know what it takes to make a relationship good. And what my husband is doing right now is not it. So I have to double up. I have to do even more than necessary. I can't just I can't just do the bare minimum. I have to go above and beyond and show love and respect and humility and say, "Oh, please forgive them." And you know, when I think about it, this is like a forerunner of exactly what Jesus did for us. When you think about that, you go, okay, he did the same thing. He said, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Abigail did the same thing. And we can do the same thing when something is amiss in our life and our relationship. We can say, please forgive them and let me be the one to make this better. Well, I love the connection that you made because I see it too in the sort of the um, shadowing or the mirroring of, of Christ to come in Abigail's story because what she essentially did um, was cover over her husband's sins. Um, when he would insult someone and, and you know turn the apple cart upside down, she would go and smooth it out. 
um, as you said, she would go above and beyond to smooth it out. She would put all the apples back in the cart um, and then send some along, you know, as a gift to the to the person that had been insulted. So, yeah, you know, that's what what Christ does. Right. He covers over our sins, no matter how terrible we've been. He covers over our sins and he says, hey, forgive them. They they don't really realize how bad they're being, you know, and I will stand for them. I will cover for them. Absolutely. And, and in Corinthians, it tells us to that love protects. Well, she was doing just that. She was protecting her, you know, husband who was making crazy choices. She chose her reaction. But, you know, one of the things that she did that really says a lot, it says she acted quickly. Now, she didn't sit around and ponder it. She didn't think about it for a long time. She was like, I got to nip this right now. I got to make sure that King David knows that this is not coming from the entire family. It's it, We appreciate everything he's done. And so sometimes I think that we get analysis paralysis. You know, we sit there and we do exactly what you were saying. You know, I got to decide if they deserve my my kindness right now. I've got to decide did they did they do something to to earn the way my, my this person is treating them? No. When we see something that's wrong and we know that we have the ability to to slather on love and say, "No, I'm going to do above and beyond and I'm going to do it quickly because I want them to know that that's not who I am." And that's not how I feel. And I value the relationship above all else. And when I, when, when I see how quickly she responded, it makes me realize that, you know, what we often do is we judge the circumstance. And when you go back to Adam and Eve, way back in the garden, And you think about the fruit that they took, the fruit from the tree of good and evil, immediately, immediately, they began to judge because they all of a sudden knew good from evil. And so they then took that and became the judge. And God is the only one who knows someone's heart. He's the only one that understands. So When Abigail saw this happening, she could have chosen to be a judge and say, you know what, I think my husband's right. Or I'm just going to step back. I'm judging this and saying, I need to just steer clear and try not to get in the middle of it. I'm going to pretend like it's not happening. I've done all of those things before. I have pulled the cover over my eyes and said, I don't want to get out of bed today. I have stood the ground on the wrong side and said, yeah, you shouldn't have hurt the person in my life. But then when I look through God's lens and I see how Christ reacted and I see how God says, I'm the only judge, Luann, and why don't you do the right thing by being so (laughs) over-the-top loving in this relationship that they can't help but see the good? In 1 Samuel 25, this story is, is just so sweet and rich. And he says, David says to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day. 
and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Now, do you hear what David is saying there? Not only did Abigail rush in quickly to save her and her household, but David says, hey, you kept me from doing the wrong thing by avenging this wrong on my own. So at that moment, David realized, hey, this woman is so wise, she saved me from doing something wrong. And that's what today is all about. It's about talking through these issues that come up in our life every day. I mean, every day we are faced with bad choices. Let's admit it. We are human and we're going to make some really not right decisions. And when we do, or when they're forced upon us by someone acting out or misbehaving, we absolutely have to say, God, take my thoughts and make them reflect you. Help me to process this moment quickly so that I can do the things that you've called me to do and I don't act out of my own hurt and my own pain and my own shame. Right now, God, I need you to act through me swiftly so that I can make sure this relationship and those around me are spared from any more damage. When we pray that out loud to God, He races in and rescues us. Well, that's absolutely uh, Abigail's tact in this. And as you noted, King David was prepared to treat Nabal the way he deserved in that moment, right? He was ready to exact the revenge, to, uh, to take him down a size, so to speak, and to punish the household for how he had been treated. So um, I guess I can take a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of comfort there in knowing that King David even had the same sort of initial impulses that I'm prone to, you know, they don't deserve my kindness. <laughs> they don't deserve grace. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, you know, he's so grateful to Abigail because she helped him see, no, 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 you don't really want to do this. No, no, no. Those people that you're going to punish, um, you know, they don't deserve this. Um and you're going to regret this and it's not necessary. And let me, you know, let me apologize on behalf of everyone. Let me smooth this out and let me calm down tempers. And he was so grateful to her for that. And, and as we said, he goes on to marry her. Now, David, you know, had several wives in his lifetime. I think maybe six or seven of them. Um, but when you read uh, all of David's sort of uh dealings with his various wives, it is very clear in the scripture that really only Abigail earned his complete respect um, because she had such a positive influence on him and because she was not dictated by the, the whims of other people or the whims of her own anger, um, but because she operated out of humility and wisdom and kindness. So this week, I'm going to encourage you to do the same. 
When someone offends us, let's make sure that we ask God to take control of our reactions. If you'd like more insight and help along your journey, you can always find more devotions and Bible studies at encouragementcafe.com. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Luann, I'm so excited about the new Encouragement Cafe website. We've got devotions on there. We've got past radio shows on there you can listen to. We have Bible studies taking place on there. There's so many ways to get a dose of encouragement from the website. So I'm excited to send people to check it out. I am too. And you know, you can always see where we're going to be next. We have events happening all over the country. Check it out. EncouragementCafe.com.